Hello and welcome yet again to another episode of the Fifth Quarter Sportscast. I'm Jared, Judy, I'm here with Todd. Let's not waste any time. We got a lot to cover on this week. Todd's already got his uh, his pal 1800 next to him, but we got a lot to cover. There's been a lot of storylines. So let's jump in. We'll, uh, we'll kind of recap some of the games here, kind of hit on a few highlights your impressions, and then we'll move right on because we got a lot of trade acquisitions to jump into. With that being said, let's jump right in. We got the quick recap with the uh, Ravens and Bucks, I guess. And that was last Thursday, that was kind of a, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't really see it ending that way. I figured it was almost impossible for Brady to lose that many in a row because that's never happened. But then again, I almost felt like it was inclined that Lamar was going to have a bounce back game. And with all the injuries they had, I mean, Bateman, eh, he's kind of useless, but Bateman went out, Andrews went out, Gus got beat up. And I mean, they pulled it out. Lamar played like Lamar and they pulled it out. I don't know. I don't really take too much more from that. You got anything on that? Tom Brady looks old. Yeah. It looks like father time's catching up quick. Um, It's true. Uh, Moving on. We got the uh, Cardinals and the, uh, was it the Vikings? Vikings. I think they yeah, Yikes. so the Norsemen. Uh, um, the thing that I mean, I I kind of flipped back and forth, and I mean, it seemed like it was kind of a back and forth type of game, but obviously Minnesota comes out on top of that one. But then, did you see the play? And I'm sure you probably did, since you watch a lot of Red Zone, where Hopkins catches it in the end zone and then gets his head taken off and no flag. I know they showed, and I saw it a few times, like the one handed grab that everybody was all goo goo gagaing over. But well, he caught one. one no, no, he caught one in the end zone and like literally didn't. I don't even know if he took a step. And then somebody came, launched their head right into him, head first. And then he went to Twitter and was like, "Could somebody please explain how this is not uh, helmet to helmet targeting?" Consistency. <laughs> yeah, but if it was Brady, that would have been a flag. But it wasn't. So if it was pretty much any quarterback in the NFL, you'd catch a Correct. criminal charge. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, here we go again, consistency. We're all worried about player safety unless it's not a quarterback. So, yeah, but that's about all I took from that one. Um, and we can dig more into the uh, studs and duds here uh, when we get a little bit further down with this next one, but just to highlight it, I watched a little bit of the Saints-Raiders game. Definitely didn't expect that to end the way that that went. Yeah, that one caught me off guard. But on a plus note, Camara, welcome to the 2022 season. <laughs> he blew up, uh, and nobody from the Raiders did. <laughs> they get shut out 24 nothing. Like, that's, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. But uh, <clears throat> Camara definitely lit that on fire. He He's what everybody was hoping he would have been all season. So it's good to see him finally, you know, get back to form. Um, this guy. Yeah, I can imagine you weren't too too tore up about that big day. But in San Francisco, they cash in on the CMC sweepstakes pretty early with that one. I, I forget what the stat was, but they said CMC was the first guy in a long time. I can't remember what the year was to throw, catch, and run a touchdown on the same game. Well, Danny and Tomlinson was the last one to do it. It was like 2005 or something like that. Yeah, which uh, – he sure didn't waste any time. I think he had more touchdowns in that game alone than he did in Carolina the first six weeks, <laughs> first five weeks, whatever. Um, so San Francisco doesn't waste any time to get him involved in the game plan. And I think with Jimmy G and his, I don't want to say his lack of an arm, 
but his, I guess, lack of an arm, I think they're going to make use of a lot of a lot of plays similar to that because they know now that he can do it. So that'll just make them even more less, you know, one dimensional now because they have yet another weapon back there. I, I don't know who you're telling. Uh, episode, <laughs> episode one, roll back the tape, baby. Niners. Well, this cashing in all these pseudo bets. Well, well this just now, this coins. Well, uh, this just, uh, this just now gives you the opportunity to just push all the chips to the table, to the middle, and just go all in because there's, I, I don't see a flaw really in that whole team right now. That anything they had, this just solidified it. But then moving on to the next game, cannot believe you you didn't talk about the London tilt between Sir Russell Wilson. And, I mean, is there? Is there anything Sunshine, to talk? Is there any? Is there anything to talk about other than the four hours of calisthenics apparently paid off? So yeah, now everyone, right everyone, paid off, paid everyone needs to do it. Homie. Everyone needs to do it now because it paid off. Listen, the Broncos <laughs> but, won by four quid. Okay, that's how you. That's how you win games. You got to put the time and the effort in. Four hours Sorry. worth. Five. You know, mile mile high for a reason. <laughs> Twenty one hundred pounds a euro. Held the conversion. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about that or him. <laughs> I missed him on Thursday night. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think too many people did. You might be. You, you might be in the. Might be the only one in that club. But uh, Isn't it like that sandwich. Going to yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Subway's missing that. Mm. Move, moving on to uh, a better game, obviously. Freaking blowout between Dallas and Chicago. And Zeke's out for this game. And Tony Pollard, yet another fantasy stud, just blew up. Took advantage of every carry and every target he got and just ran with it. Had a phenomenal day. I don't know. What do you think the the, the front office and the fans are thinking? Do you think that they are feeling like now they kind of overpaid for Zeke because it seems like if Zeke's not there and they, they cut him, Pollard can pick up the load. Like every time he's been on the field when Zeke's been out, he's been great. Zeke had a lot of wear and tear those first few years, man. They ran him into the ground. <laughs> That's right. It, it takes a lot out of you. Pollard, uh, Pollard's good. That O-line is good. Pollard's good. Dak is back. As long as they can keep that good offensive line, you could really put anybody back there. Blow open holes and you can just get a truck through there. I mean, listen, I, I wasn't an Emmett, Emmett Smith fan. The years that he was running rough shot across the NFL, that O line was key. And. <laughs> I'm not well, so lines as good as that one. But well, I feel like man. the Dallas. I feel like Dallas has always had a top five offensive line. They just have never time, had. Man. They've never had talent surrounding it, but they've always had a good offensive line. Even back to the days when it was um, what the heck was his name, Marion Barber and um, Demarco Murray. I mean, they had a good offensive line those years. Yeah, Demarco Murray's a bad dude. I mean, they had lines. They had fantastic offensive lines, but they just couldn't get it done in the big games. But yeah, they they just steamrolled right over top oh, of yeah. Chicago. They made the Bears look silly. That was yeah. Uh, that was pretty impressive. I'm sure you were loving it. I didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. it just makes um, it <laughs> NFC East look all that much stronger. I mean, they're, make, they're, they're not the Giants. No, but it also Cowboys. it also it also makes the NFC North look that much weaker. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, and let's let's touch on another juggernaut, the Eagles. Man, the A.J. Brown and the Eagles and Jalen Hurts had a field day running all over the Steelers, and I bet you love that one. The Steelers can't look any more inept if they tried. Like Steelers have been exposed. It just blows me away how bad that defense is without J.J. or T.J. Watt. Like, one guy really makes that big of a difference. But then again, even when he is there, you can't do squat on offense. 
Like Najee Harris is almost irrelevant. George he's Pickens is average. Najee Harris, but their offensive line is so beat up. Their line is horrible. They've oh god, it, it's it's a shit show, and I'm here for it. it. They've they've literally with Ben retiring, everything's fell apart. Like everyone's hurt, everyone's gotten shipped out of town. Whether you know, we'll get to this a little bit later. Now they let Chase Claypool go. Whether he was going to be a, a factor for them in the long run or not, that's one less weapon you have. So now you have who as your catching receivers, your your primary targets. You got Deontay Johnson and a rookie with Pickens. And you got a Pickens, a rookie. Pickens looks, he looks legit. He looks like the real deal. He does. But then again, you got to have a guy that can have the time to get the ball out. And with your guy getting hit every single play because the line is awful, it's not going to help your odds. If anything, it's going to give a lot more targets to Fryermuth. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. That thing is a dumpster like that. They're terrible. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see, though, because now that Claypool's gone, I, I was reading reports earlier today about Claypool being a bigger distraction. Well, that was well, that was on. exactly well, and I've heard reports about that. And um, being a Packers fan, I listened to ESPN Wisconsin a lot, and everybody for Green Bay was all about, "Oh, let's get Chase Claypool in here. He's a rookie. He's still young. We could get him." But then some caller called in today and said, "Typically, Pittsburgh's been notorious for not getting rid of talent. They get rid of headaches." Mm-hmm. So with that being said, why are they getting rid of Chase Claypool if he turned out to be that much of a valuable talent? There's something they know, and they're okay with letting him walk out the door. So why would you want to take that on? So I don't. I, was, I don't. I was actually reading this, something similar about the Packers going after him, but then the, at the end of the, the trade deadline, they got outbid by the Bears because it sounded <laughs> like the Packers actually did want him. Well, they did, but they offered a second round, and then the Bears also offered a second mm-hmm. round, but they went with the Bears because given the current situation of the Packers, supposedly rumor is they think the Bears are going to finish ahead yeah. of the Packers, so they feel that the Bears pick is going to be more valuable at second round well, than the Packers so, will be. So they know. <laughs> well, and that's turned around to bite them in the ass countless times when they did it with uh, Mac, that burned them, and then they did it again with... Um, was it Trubisky when they traded up for that one? That one did it kind of burnt San Francisco too for that. But yeah, typically when you trade with the Bears, you really gotta you really gotta hope for the worst because that's typically the way things go with them. But regardless, I'm pretty irritated that you know that's a whole different. That we can open a can of worms on an episode of that just by itself. But I'm kind of irritated that Green Bay didn't make any moves. Whether I mean, granted, we need a lot of help, you know, receiver wise. You can't rely on rookies to carry you to the postseason. But I would be okay with them picking up some defense because my god we can't stop anybody receivers don't play on the defensive side of the ball and the fact that you're given you know five to seven yard average just carries i mean my god the worst running back in the league could run over green bay so i i the fact that they made zero moves was kind of irritating because let's be honest when 12 leaves your window's closed for a very long time so why wouldn't you try to make any kind of move to try to maximize your time because you it's almost like they were not willing to give up a whole lot and they were content with it and they're just like, eh, well, you know, we're gonna keep our guys and we're gonna keep our picks because we're gonna need our picks when he leaves. That's kind of the impression I got. That's but then a, again I feel like that time is coming because speaking of looking old. Oh yeah. Well then again when you look at the history of it and they were talking about that today, in the last 
what the heck was it, 20 years or something? Going back to Ted Thompson, the GM before Gudikins, they notoriously hardly ever made any trades. You could probably count the number of trades they've made in the last 20 years on one hand. They don't do that. They build through the draft and then they build through free agents. They don't do trades. And when they go to the draft, they typically trade back. They don't trade up. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. I kind of assumed that nothing was going to happen. And if something would have, I would have been caught off guard. But they were all in the Will Fuller sweepstakes, was it last year? And then he got suspended or he got injured or whatever. And it was like, see, if we would have traded, that would have blew up in our face. So I don't know. I don't know who I would have. Frankly, I think I would have rather them tried to trade for DJ Moore. That's who I would have been okay with. A young guy that has proven talent. He's just on a crap team. But I don't think Carolina wanted to part with him. I feel like Sigmund Freud in this analogy here, uh, Jared. Yeah. This is where I analyze you and I tell you that you are everybody in your Green Bay Packers organization. You're Green Bay Packers in the fantasy football league that we're in where you're so afraid to trade. I can count the, the number of trades you've made in one and it's funny. over and the it's, past 12 years. You know, it's funny because when the caller called in and talked about that, I all I heard was your voice in the, my head saying that exact thing. I was like, God, thank God Todd's not listening to this because I can already see where his mind's going. <laughs> Enough of that disaster and uh, that. Uh, yeah, let's let's fly yeah. through the rest of these these games because we're we're yeah getting like a scud yeah. missile. Yeah, enough of that. Enough of the Packers. That's a, enough for another episode. But uh, we'll let you relish your moment and the Browns just completely curb stomped the Bengals. Uh, granted, the Browns are a fantastic defense, phenomenal defense. But I didn't realize, A, how good they were, or B, how god-awful Cincinnati's offensive line is yet again. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's amazing when you actually, I don't know, tackle. Well, and I also, I could have... Doing that bullshit where you just take a shoulder to him? Well, and I could have swore that their focus in the draft this year was, we're going to spend money, we're going to build up the offensive line, we're going to protect our quarterback. But doesn't look any different than it did last year. Your guy's got to lead the league this year in sacks again. Like, there's times I'm seeing him getting hit six, seven, eight times a game. Like, oh my God, come on. The guy throwing the ball is the most valuable guy on the field. Why are you not protecting him? Dude, okay, I'm going to send it to you. There was a uh, an Instagram, Ghetto Gronk. I know they don't listen to this show because they're not one of the lucky 15. But the, uh, if, if, and I think I sent it to you. There was a video of Joe Burrow in the press conference after the game where the one dude coughed. Somebody in the, in the little peanut gallery coughed. And Joe yeah. Burrow flinches like somebody <laughs> shot a goddamn 12-gauge. Wait, he, was, from him. he was still having uh, flashbacks of 95. PTSD. Yeah. Holy shit. It was fantastic. I've never seen it. God damn. It was. Well, I mean, do you blame him when oh. you're getting sacked seven, eight times a game and you're getting hit another seven? Like, what do you expect? So good. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've seen such an inept team. And it's crazy because literally all they were missing really was Jamar Chase. And they looked like they were a JV team. Like it just, it blows me away how much one person on the offensive receiving core apparently makes their offensive line look like trash. <laughs> when you're when you're missing, I mean, arguably the number one receiver in football. Yeah, I mean, it does make a difference. I'll tell you that. But not on your offensive line, it shouldn't. Because last time I checked, Jamar Chase isn't lining up in the front five. <laughs> no, but when he was there, he was one of the, I mean, statistically. Yeah. When he yeah. plays, even with that same offense. It's true. Well, with that being said, I think that kind of 
that kind of hit the majority of the games. I think that we kind of wanted to touch on. You want to touch on some fantasy studs and duds, and then we'll drive into we'll dive into all the the trade acquisitions and kind of break those down a little bit, and we'll go from go from there. Okay. Uh, obviously, duds. I got the pleasure of having yet one well, again, yet again, another week of one of those on my roster. But we had Rashad Bateman, Russell Gage, Ezekiel Elliott, Harrison Bryant. Right now, Ezekiel Elliott. Don't ask me why. Is leading the vote. <laughs> At 50%, which is impressive because him and Russell Gage were not even active. So I don't know why anybody would vote for them as having a zero when they already have a building zero having the inactive status. But I obviously voted for Bateman because Bateman's been a starter for most of the year aside from his injuries. So for him to have another zero, you know, doesn't really help. But I mean, granted, he's been beat up and banged up. But uh, I know you had a you had a uh, a reason for Bryant, though. Just within Joku being out, I, I could see, and he was actually owned, by the way, in this league, he was actually owned by a player who's actually active, pays attention, and is actually sitting at number one in the standings. So, so you're not referring, you're not referring to the same guy that had Gage and Elliott in his roster starting? Mm, <laughs> it's not the same guy? <laughs> no. Not the guy that owned Gage and started Ezekiel Elliott, as he was known to be out, like, uh, <laughs> probably days before Sunday, for all I know. I don't you know have what any I, shares of Zeke, so... You know what I think would be real fun? Is if the guy that had Zeke and was starting him was facing the guy that had Pollard and was starting him. That would have been interesting. That would have been great. Yeah. We should have Joel on some night. Oof, that could get rough. He's a drinker. But yeah, I, I don't know. I None of those guys really had a they, they really had no reason to be on a roster with the exception of potentially Bryant they, they should have not been in any active rosters but we all scored the same amount of points <laughs> unfortunately yes <laughs> so um, did I you and I scored as many points as those four combined it, true yes the only difference is uh, paid. more than me and you combined <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wrong. But, the world's but, imbalanced. Yes, but flipping to the other side, there was quite a few fantasy studs that we could have had mm -hmm. uh, on the list here, but we uh, we went with Derrick Henry, Kamara, A.J. Brown, and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, well, I mean... Pollard didn't play. He actually did outscore CMC this week. I, I was going to say, we could have... Pollard easily could have you know been a potential on that list as well, um, but Twitter only allows four in a poll, so... That's the way it goes. But uh, I voted for McCaffrey just because he's the first guy since, uh, what we say, LT? It's 2005. LT threw, caught, and ran for a touchdown. Yep. Yeah, and the fact that he was there for, what, one or two weeks in the system and did oh, that, that was, yeah, back, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. He was living his best life. He's got, like, a supermodel girlfriend or whatever the hell she is, whatever. Olivia. Yeah. Well, who the hell is that ass? I don't even know. Is she an actress, singer, model, shit, I don't know, whatever. Doesn't matter. But yeah, I, on the Instagram. I, I voted for McCaffrey just because I thought that was pretty impressive to do with just, you know, your your jersey's still pretty crisp. It's not even broken in yet, so I thought that was pretty impressive. But then again, Derrick Henry, freaking phenomenal freight train, as usual, getting back to true form. Kamara, welcome back to the 2022 NFL. Like, no he, he, he blew up. Weeks. Boom, three in one week. Alvin Kamara, yeah. God bless you. I, I mean, granted, I had A.J. Brown on my roster, but I wasn't going to vote for him because he's had big games off and on God, throughout the year. It, I mean, granted, he did it against the Little Sisters of the Poor, the Steelers. But, it's true. But I'll tell you what, A.J. Brown looked damn good doing it. Man, I, I almost voted for A.J. Brown. If if Derrick Henry didn't look like Derrick Henry of, of old, like that prime... It, 
pre if Derek Henry. Oof. If Derrick Henry hadn't looked like pre-injury Derrick Henry and Kamara hadn't have blown up for the first time in the season and McCaffrey hadn't thrown, caught, and ran a touchdown, I would have voted unanimously for A.J. Brown. But there were some outlying circumstances I felt that were a little bit better than that. But either way, on my fantasy roster, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. CMC almost, you know what he reminded me of? It was reminiscent of a, of a Taysom Hill a couple weeks ago. He didn't have the rushing yardage. <laughs> You know who he reminded me of? He kind of reminded me of a Travis Kelsey a few weeks ago. <laughs> twenty, well, what yeah, twenty yards right. total? <laughs> yeah, not getting my vote exactly. He, just, he, just he, as, he reminded me just like that. <laughs> just as valuable. <laughs> CMC, Christ! You could have actually made a made a case for Deontay Foreman too this past week, but it, it was nice seeing. He's an honorable mention. God, the leading scores. Like if if you go like standard fantasy scoring, it's crazy because the top one two three four five six set one two three four five six players none of them are quarterbacks none of which the is, top six were quarterbacks that's which crazy. is crazy that yeah, never yeah. that's typically not the case that's an anomaly that's nuts well that's especially crazy. when when you look at the top scores typically it's a Mahomes it's a Lamar Jackson Josh I mean the yeah, Josh Allen. Those are the typically the ones you see with the highest scoring. And, and occasionally, Jalen Hurts. You throw him in there. Fun fact: Nick, in a, <laughs> at least in the Commissioner's Cup League, which is the only league that matters to this podcast, Nick Folk outscored Josh Allen this past week. Which that's yeah, that I don't know how that happened. That was Let's play a game. Who had more points in in week eight? Who had more fantasy points? Commissioner Cup scoring: Josh Allen or New York Jets tight end Tyler Conklin. <laughs> Oh, man. go ahead, Jared. We'll wait. <laughs> I would, I would, I would have to say, I'd have to say Conklin by a small margin. Tyler Conklin outscored Josh Allen. Get that in on your bets. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Yeah, that, absolutely insane. What a week. Yeah, I would never, I would never bet money on that one. That's for sure. Nuts, baby. Especially also having Conklin, who also got me a zero one week. <laughs> who had, okay, who, here's another one. Who had more points, Josh Allen or Jacoby Brissett? Oh. I'd have to say reset probably. Part of the fun is the fact that knowing them that I'm only going to give you options that scored more than Josh Allen. So you're well, right. Well, I, well, and I'm also trying to think back because I feel like I, I feel like the uh, Bills game was so long ago. I'm having a hard time remembering. I know that he threw two interceptions, but I also know that he scored a touchdown. But then I know Jacoby he he had a, a score at least one as well, and he threw a couple and he had a phenomenal night so by default i'd have to go with that one through run through one ran one but josh allen in by his normal standards had a piss poor game yeah he had a very down week what what was that <laughs> what was that quote that rogers put his foot in his mouth i think it was last year or two years ago or whatever on the uh, tuesday uh not to be mentioned competitor show where uh average weeks for him our career days for others <laughs> that, that that obviously doesn't apply to him this year but that seems like that could apply to a josh allen this year sounds right yeah like, shit i'd be happy with like 19 fantasy points from a yeah i mean given yeah, my progress this year plus i mean good god yeah yeah all right so let's dive into the trades there was quite a few notables some major some you know supporting but we can start off with let's see what we have here here, buddy i'll I'll throw some at you one of the earlier ones that that didn't actually happen oddly enough on the deadline robbie anderson it's true yeah that was a little early on that one but yeah um 
Well, I don't even know. Do you do you happen to know? Not that it it's not matter, you know, it's not huge concern, but do you know what they got back in compensation? I don't remember. For Robbie God, I don't know. Probably was it was it a bag of balls and a tea or something like that? God it could have been a margarita mixer machine for Baker. Who knows? Gator was it a Gatorade jug? Could have been anything. Could have been a, <laughs> a roll of duct tape to shut that little midget muffin hand up. Oh yeah. But yeah, that was an, an early one. Um it was an early one. But it was a trade nonetheless, and sort of, it's, I mean, at the time, it was sort of a bigger one. Well, and it was right before CMC got traded, so it was kind of like Carolina was cleaning house, it looked like. Yeah, I feel like this might actually be in chronological order, but yeah, Robbie Anderson to the cards, yeah. CMC to the Niners, which, I mean, easily the number one. We got, yeah, yeah and then uh, shortly after that, we had uh, Robert Quinn uh, going to the there, Ravens, yeah. going to yeah. the Ravens. Um, I don't remember well, what the compensation. Uh, Eagles? I think Quinn went to the Eagles. He did. Robert yes, Quinn he did. Yes, Roquan Ro- Swift. Roquan he, Smith. He went, went to the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yes. That's yes, because, yeah. Yeah, I remember because, yeah, Philly was paying him, what, league men, Quinn? Yeah, and he got- And I think it was only, I think it was only like a six-month rental, and he's out. He already agreed. They already agreed to part ways after the season, which, whatever. If they get a ring, and then he doesn't care. He was worth it. He doesn't it. give a damn. No. He's, just, he's a he's just glad to. He's just glad to get the hell out of Chicago. <laughs> Because they got no future right there right now. Um, but yeah, Roquan Smith finally gets his wish, and he's out of the Windy City and off to Baltimore for uh, yet another blockbuster trade that the team that's trading for them makes out like a bandit. Yeah, where sh- Chicago agrees. I don't. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't get it. But they agree to pick up five point eight eight million of Roquan Smith's contract, and Baltimore has. And I, I think what Baltimore gets. No, Baltimore uh, only has to pay five hundred seventy-five k. I think is what I read. I think that's what I read. I believe it. I didn't read it because there weren't pictures. Yeah. Well, then there was. Uh, well, then pictures there was a thousand words. Yeah. Well, then there was a second and a fifth round exchanged as well. So basically, yeah, they got away with paying the league men for yet another phenomenal defensive player taken off the roster. I, I don't. I don't know. So you take defensive talent off the board, but you add Chase Claypool, so that should help. <laughs> We'll be that locker room to smithereens. But yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of that, we already kind of touched on that. Uh, Chase Claypool got traded from Pittsburgh over to Chicago for a second round. I would like to say that's going to be another decent weapon for uh, Fields, but I don't, I don't think it's going to really help him. If anything, I think it'll help probably Darnell Mooney more potentially. Yeah. Or, or Cole Komet. Or Cole Komet. I don't know. I don't think it's going to do too much for Fields. I don't know. Chase Claypool had like one good year, and then he's been kind of irrelevant in my opinion. Yeah, he was hyped up. I know they, everybody tried to make a Mapletron a thing. And I yeah. Don't know. You can take the boy out of Canada, but you can't take Canada out of the boy. Well, he's just happy to get back to the Midwest, get over back to Chicago where he's closer where he came from. Yeah, get rid Back of in South Bend. Get away from that bridge and tunnel crowd in Pittsburgh. I don't blame Yeah, him. yeah. But the first probably big blockbuster move was a uh, inside division move with uh, Hawkinson, the, probably the one and main target aside from Amon Ron from Detroit going just across the the board to Minnesota. That one surprised me just because I I didn't see it coming. Important Hawkinson is to the Lions' offense. He, he's that literally was, he's their whole team. He's their whole team because the running back that that thing is a complete dart throw every week, and the fact that Amon Ron is. 
banged up this year. You don't have anybody else. You literally just traded away your whole franchise this year. <laughs> and he's young, so you know you got to build around him. You had plenty of stability there. He's not going anywhere. Of all people, I'm kind of shocked because now you have to face him twice a year. Any, yeah, anytime uh, like a marquee, at least, or whatever, uh, key offensive <laughs> weapon gets traded to an in-division rival, it's... It doesn't make sense. Well, and not only, well, not only that, but they were talking like fantasy wise, like stat wise and stuff. He's sneaky. Like he's just behind Kelsey Kittle, Andrews. Like he's right up there with them. Oh yeah. He's absolutely, he's in the four top five tight end. And the fact that you just trade him like right, right across the state line is just kind of interesting. Plus I also read something that like the, I don't know, this could be, it was Twitter data analytics. So who knows if it's actually true. But somebody had posted, and I don't remember who it was offhand, but they said something like Kirk Cousins right now. It was either the NFC or it might be the league in general has the lowest usage of tight ends out of the whole league this year. So it was like, why, why would they trade for him if he's not using them? The only thing I can think of is that Irv Smith's beat up and not basically been an option. So they wanted to get another option, a proven commodity. So they get somebody in there for him to use. That's the only thing I can think of, but yeah, it still didn't make any sense to trade him right across the state lines. I don't know. Miami is probably the biggest mover. I think this, this trade trade season, they uh, stole Bradley Chubb out of Denver. So now Denver's defense takes a major hit. It was what? You stay, baby. Go back. Yeah, it was what? First round, I think, for him? Pretty sure. I believe, yeah. So that just boosts up that, you know. Griff is Nick Chubb. Yeah. So that boosts their defense even better. So they're they're all in, it seems like, which is the exact opposite approach of the previous regime, who was all out and was paying to lose. <laughs> Um, But along with that, they also snagged Jeff Wilson out of uh, San Fran. San Francisco East. Yes. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr. Shit. Well, and I didn't. Fins, baby. Fins up. Well, I didn't realize that, but McDaniel had coached them out in San Fran. I didn't realize he was out in San Fran previously. So, I mean, he should make a a good use for him. Oh. Um, but uh, another move that kind of kind of interesting and confusing was that uh, Naeem Hines, Andy, with all the issues you got with your backfield and JT being beat up, mm-hmm. Naeem Hines is like your reliable workhorse. Like I don't know if he's ever missed a game. He's a great pass catcher, and they trade him to the Bills in a swap for Zach Moss oh, and a conditional of NCAA, six. Baby, that's another yeah. Pack. I just, I didn't quite understand that one. Like, if you have a back who's struggling right now, JT, who's your other option? Like, who's the backup? I don't, I don't understand that one either because I, I know I saw something where since like 2018, I think it's, I think it's since 2018, number four in yardage. I think it's t- or total yardage because he does, he's a hell of a receiver. He's like number four in the NFL in total yardage for running backs in the NFL. Which, when you take that into consideration, speaking Crazy. speaking specifically of Indy and the quarterback carousel they've had there the last two years, yeah. you would think you'd want some sort of stability option. Like, hey, we know this guy. We know what he's capable of. Instead of having yet another unknown, because now you have JT who's been battling ankle injuries for the last few weeks. What's your backup if he can't play? I don't know what you're going to do now, because you have a Sam Ellinger at quarterback who supposedly now it's coming out that the offensive line wasn't happy that 
Matt Ryan got benched, which the offensive lines sucks anyway. But now you have a beat up running back who may not be efficient. You have a third string quarterback who may not be efficient and you have an offensive line who's already shown they're not efficient. I, I don't know what you're going to do like that. <laughs> that team looks like the AFC South version of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Like, it looks like a dumpster. I don't know. I don't get that one. But I think we kind of both talked about this one. Uh, probably one of the more shocking ones that I don't think anybody I don't think anybody saw this one coming was uh, a guy who's not even playing. <laughs> He's not even on a roster right now. He's inactive. Calvin Ridley from the Falcons, who's actually on suspension getting traded over to the Jags for a fifth and a 24 uh, second round. Now, I know there's some conditions in there where those picks could be moved, but uh, I, I just don't understand how somebody who's not even active, like how is that even on anybody's radar to trade for that? Like that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see that one coming. It's not a bad move because when Calvin Ridley is actually playing, he's a man, he's a hell of a receiver. Well, and I think he'll. Well, and I think he he's going to make a good um, duo with Christian Kirk. But again, I I don't know that I would have ever seen that. You could have asked me ten times, and ten out of ten times, I'm going to say there's nobody trading for somebody who's not even playing. <laughs> Like, I actually forgot he was even in the league this year because he's not playing. He's suspended all year. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that one really caught me off guard. That one was surprising. Uh, so, there's there's a, two other trades that we that you haven't talked about. Yeah, I was going to say, just kind of running down the uh, NFL.com here, I know Buffalo got a safety from Atlanta for a seventh-round pick next year. The Falcons traded uh, a DB to uh, Kansas City. We already talked. We already talked about Buffalo and Naheem Hines. Uh, the Jets. There it is. Uh, the, the Jets uh, got a fourth round pick for Jacob Martin and a fifth round uh, pick from Denver. I was thinking of a different guy. Um, that one. We talked about it last episode. Yeah, I was gonna say that one. Kind of. Eh, it was kind of interesting. It is. Yes. Um, but I didn't realize. I'm looking at this now. I didn't realize how much Denver and Miami coming back to that Chubb trade. How much they got? It says here uh, NFL.com that Miami gets Chubb in a fifth round for 2025, and then Denver receives in return Chase Edmonds, which nah, whatever, and then a 23 first round and a 24 first uh, fourth round. Like I completely forgot about Chase Edmonds. I did see that initially, but I forgot about that. So that's yeah. that's a that's a decent haul they got in return. You got. Pittsburgh and Washington. Pittsburgh gets William Jackson the third and a conditional seventh round for the 25 draft. And Washington gets back at 25, uh, sixth round. Uh, we already talked about Claypool uh, going to the Bears. We already talked about Hawkinson, uh, Roquan Smith. Um, the other one we forgot about uh, earlier before the trade deadline with uh, Kadarius Tony going to Kansas City. Uh, we yep, Robert. That was, the other one. that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, those are the only two that we didn't actually touch on. Yeah, and we already talked about Quinn, Dallas and Raiders made, you know, not a big move, but Dallas gets a uh, defensive tackle. And then the other one uh, that I know you're thinking about after Brees Hall went down, the Jets went out and got James Robinson from Jacksonville. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. And then we already talked about the haul that San Francisco got from, or uh, that Carolina got from Christian McCaffrey. But yeah, I think that's really about the majority of uh, major blockbuster trades. A few notables that didn't get traded that kind of caught my eye, which we've kind of already talked about this. I know Camara was kind of, there were talk about him getting traded. He didn't get moved. And we kind of talked about uh, just me and you offline about, 
Kareem Hunt. And we had said that basically if the Browns would have lost, probably he would have got dealt. But since they won, there's a good chance that kind of saved it for now at least. Um, but kind of shocked that nobody ponied up to get him. Cam Akers, I still don't know what's really going on with him. Like, I don't know that he was really in any conversation for trades. So I don't know what's even going on there with him because that running back position in the Rams right now is pretty much non-existent anyway. But he's not even, like, playing. So I don't really know if it's a, if it's a um, head office decision, if it's a holdout uh, injury issue. Like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm kind of surprised he didn't get moved. And then the one that we both kind of talked about, he was you know, not practicing. Um, kind of surprised he didn't get moved. But Brandon Cooks, I think, was probably the last notable that I'm kind of surprised nothing transpired there. Yeah, Cooks was definitely one of the top two that I thought was actually going to get traded. I I saw reports about him going to Dallas. I was there was one of the things that popped across my newsfeed two days ago that actually reported he was going to get traded for a second round pick to the Browns, which I thought was pretty interesting. Obviously, didn't happen. I, I know Cooks was tweeting. He had some cryptic tweets that were yeah, like he was sort of pissed off that he didn't get traded. Well, do you now, think Cooks? Do you think Cooks would want to go back and play with Watson? I think he would. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was the whole reason that I believe Clowney actually re-signed with the Browns this year was because mm-hmm. he knew that Watson was going was coming, and they were all excited. So evidently, teammates, you know, you get that group tuggy. Everybody's in. So <laughs> I get it. You know, you got to take care of the guys that take care of you. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, as far as the Rams running back situation goes, when you were, you talked about that, mm-hmm. Kyron Williams, when he comes back, I think rookie, he's going to end up. I think he's actually might be, it might be the dude. I mean, the, the, he might be the guy, man. The, 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 the level's pretty low already. I mean, the bar is set really low. It's not like Cam Akers did anything when he came back. Even yeah. when he came back last year, he didn't do anything. This year, he's healthy. He's not doing anything. And let's be honest, it's not going to take much to out Henderson. Like, Henderson's not doing much with that job either. Henderson um, hasn't. He hasn't. He's been more, he's done better than Akers. Akers is well, again, a disappointment. That, I was going to say, again, that's the bar is pretty low there. So, you, I mean, as long as you tie your shoes that, and fall forward a couple yards, you're doing better than Akers. That whole team outside of Cooper Cup has been. Well, and now uh, there's been reports of him dealing with, I thought, what was it, a knee or an ankle injury? Cooper Cup. Yeah, he hurt. He got hurt. So that'll be that. So that'll be interesting to see how that offense looks because I can't imagine it's going to be fireworks when he's already out there and they look bad. Everything was negative, so he should be back. But I mean, it's only a matter of time when you're using somebody so consistently so much. Well, and it's the same thing as what we talked about with Zeke and Dallas. You just run him into the ground, and it's the same thing as what I can't believe he didn't have more of a injury issue. But same thing with Green Bay and Devontae. Every single pass is going to Adams. Every single pass is going to Cooper Cup, and everybody in the building knows it like eventually this guy just get wore down yep oh yeah but i uh i don't think we i i had anything else i don't know if you had anything i don't think i had anything else still winning the super bowl I think the only thing, speaking of the NFC East, and it's not trade related or anything. It's and the Giants, isn't it? It's the Giants. No, no, no. It's the it's it's the dumpster in the NFC East. There's oh, uh, got to be kidding me right now. There, there's reports coming out about the that scumbag with the uh, commies talking about on the team talking about he's was it a U.S. Um, bank? Yeah, he was uh, looking to set up securities to try to find what he'd get back out of it. And I know they were talking on the show not to be mentioned 
uh, about what's the potential, what's the reason? Like, does anybody actually think that guy's going to sell? Like, that guy bought up majority of the shares years ago basically to say, hey, you guys don't want me to own the team? Fine, then I'll just own more of the team. Like, is his motive here basically to save public image and then just show everybody like, hey, okay, I'll sell off the team. I'll sell 30% and I'll still own majority of the team and I'll still make more money. Or do we actually think that he's going to cave and sell off the whole team? Like, I don't think he's going to unless he's absolutely forced. Absolutely, he will. 100%. He's already he's already said he wasn't going to change the team name. Oh, wait. No, there's still the Redskins. No, no. After he said he wasn't going to change them from the Redskins, he changed with the stupid Washington football team. Then he changed into the Commanders. So he's already lied twice there. He said he's not going to sell. But, but, that, but that's he's, what he... He's made a public statement saying that he's negotiating or... or but that's what he's... With US but that's what he's... But that's what he's known for. He's known for lying. So why would you think, with that being said, he's lied about everything else? If he's saying he's talking about trading the team, then why would he be telling the truth about that? He said he's not going to sell, but that's my Exactly. Well, he has said that. He's going to sell the goddamn team. It's public public knowledge that he's looking into. Dude, he's getting forced out. Because listen. Well, he's lied to how many of the owners about the profits he's been bringing in. So not only is he scapegoating on the IRS and the tax fraud and all that crap, but now he's in with the rest of the owners. He's cheating the owners out so now he's he's really screwed but he's the fact banging that- every female x x chromosome in the goddamn office he's molesting them well then well, well then when he was you're gonna get this podcast shut down Jim. don't let me have an <laughs> he's over there grab ass and finger grab he's grabbing it by the pussy he's doing all this stuff in the office right he's lying about this that and the other thing he's getting that oh he's he's having private investigators dig up dirt on all the other nfl owners which by the way i'm hoping this all comes out i want this to be world it's going to complete nuclear it's, warfare. It's going to. It's either at this point, it's either going to be the NFL folds with all the shit that he digs up, or he ends up buried next to Jimmy Hoffa in Shea Stadium. I don't even think Shea Stadium's a thing in New York anymore. But well, you put it this gone. way: he's out. Dude. There's there is so much stuff, and it's one guy versus thirty other owners. Do you honestly think that they're going to lose? Like it's them against him. They're not going to be trashed and thrown through the mud. So eventually, if it comes to a vote, he's not. He doesn't have the backing on it. But I just think it was funny when he said he was selling the team years ago, and then he just sold it and put it in his wife's name. Like you still own it. You're not fooling anybody. But the guy's just a scumbag. He's just a crap owner. He doesn't care about the team. He doesn't care about the roster. And then you look at the stadium. The stadium's a complete dumpster. They never dump any money into it. The thing's falling apart. Yet you're still taking money every week. They've already said they're not building another new one for him so he's this is what he's just he's just he's just running that whole franchise into the ground it's ridiculous selling the team they were talking about on pti he'll end up selling the i mean wilbon and kornheiser not pat mcafee are they're in their uh yeah i said it that's right i said it i brought his name up do a shot he's gonna end up selling that goddamn team for six billion dollars billion with a b He's going to make out. He's not going to face any charges, probably. It's all going to be great. Washington will get a new stadium. Rich people get richer. And the fans are happy that he's out. They're still not going to win that NFC East. No. The the Giants. They're they're so... Well, they're so far behind. I mean, the Eagles are undefeated right now, still at this uh, point. Don't uh, forget about the Eagles. They're 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 flashing the pants. Okay, even 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 so, at the point of recording this, they're undefeated right now, and they're the last undefeated team in the uh no in the whole league. So with that being said, they are so far behind the Eagles. They're so far behind 
the Cowboys, which is the third place team in that division. So they have no shot. So I don't even know where they go from here. Your owners are trash. Your stadium sucks. Your roster stinks. I, I don't, I feel bad for the fans. Like those are the ones that are getting screwed. And the, the rookies that get drafted, like they have to be ticked. I'm surprised you don't see more uh, rookies getting drafted by the, uh, the commies and then pulling an Eli Manning. Nope, not going there. Nope, not. I'm going back for my, my uh, fifth year red shirt. <laughs> Like, like I, I can't. You have to be ticked when you walk into that building as a rookie. Like, eh, I don't know. But I guess money talks. So I don't know. But uh, all right. Well, with that being said, that'll wrap it up for another episode of the Fifth Quarter Sports Cast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Do all that fun stuff. You want to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Snapchat, Vine, all those good uh, MySpace. <laughs> It's the messenger, all those fun things that Todd still uses. Uh, you can catch us at 5thQ Sportscast, 5THQ Sportscast. And uh, until next week, go watch some football, have some fun. Come back and join us next week. We'll break down some more NFL action. Until then, we'll catch you later. Get your tennis a little wet this weekend.